Join me in prayer as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for humility. Praise you for generosity and, of course, for compassion. We ask that your grace and truth dwell in us individually and collectively to increase your determination, our determination, to be more like your Son, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, put our trust in you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, Amen. You may have a seat. Good to be with you. Good to be with everyone this morning. Before I jump into the message, i got to say this. Uh, Friday, we had Denise Drew's funeral. We celebrated her life. She was a member here, 91 years, First Baptist Church, a.k.a. Elevating Life Church. And, uh, and it was uh, a wonderful time. I enjoyed doing that with family and friends. But this last Friday, as I'm giving, uh, as I'm officiating the uh, the entire event, uh, I was pretty much the guy doing everything, and uh, including the music. And, and it wasn't hard for me. I just had to push a button, uh, and the music started. But anyway, as the as the music, as you know, as we do here, uh, I sit down and. You know, I'm sitting over there just minding my own business, and the song's going. Now, there's three songs. This is the third song before we get into the message. And now John's here with me. Now, you all know John has a role and responsibility up here, not only to lead you, but to direct me. That's, I don't know if you, there's little cues and stuff. Well, this, this Sunday, or excuse me, the last Friday, there's a song, It Is Well With My Soul. You might have heard it. <laughs> uh, but they played the long version. If you, if you know the long version, it's long. And there's some dramatic pauses. And of course, where I am, I'm sitting there, you know, being the dignified person that I am. Uh, but then it gets to this pause, and I think it's done. So I get up there, ready to go, turn it, and then the song goes, and I'm like, whoops. That's not the funny part. The funny part is this. I look over to John, because John is smiling. Because he knows what's happening. And so now the song is going, and I'm laser focused on John. <laughs> and so the song goes, and everybody knew what happened. It was kind of that moment that had to happen. But then John's like, now the song is ended, and he's doing this now. <laughs> Thank you. Turn in your Bible, please. Uh, you have those amazing moments. Uh, and it was, don't you think it was just a perfect timing? Because there needed to be a little bit of, so God worked there. And we had a great time on Friday celebrating Denise's life. And so, yeah, she actually, I think I heard her chuckling over here because it was an open casket. I looked over there going, don't chuckle. <laughs> anyway, all right, let me get organized. Huh. John, do you know, can you give me a cue? Where am I? Okay, let me get my notes here. All right. You do. So with that, let me say hello and good morning. It is absolutely wonderful to be with you. Uh, for you, I see some new faces here. My name is Drake, and yes, I just happen to be the senior pastor here. I don't know to apologize for that or whatever, but uh, I am the senior pastor here. And welcome to our guests, welcome to our regular attendees, and of course to our membership. All right. Please turn to your Bible now to chapter 
16 now, chapter, Matthew chapter 16, where we're going to be, Matthew chapter 16 for a message that I've titled, this is a good one, Growing Up in a Big Person's World. That's the title of our message. Now after, uh, we're going to look at a, a lesson, a real quick lesson, a command of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, but we're going to shift to the book of Luke chapter 10 to discuss the well-known parable of the Good Samaritan. Now raise your hand if you've ever heard, uh, it doesn't, not necessarily read, but heard uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody has. So good. You're going to be very familiar with this. And I want to point out some, some challenges that come with that story maybe we miss. And there's a huge lesson at the end of that parable that I hope you take away uh, with you today. So today I want to shed light on Jesus' command or teachings, uh, the teaching of deny self. Deny yourself is what we're going to focus on. Now this teaching, when comprehended or applied properly in your life, in your character, fosters the quality of determination. And that word should be in your mind now because I believe Terry said it 22 times. Okay? And for that reason. So it does foster the quality of determination. Now, that is a characteristic of Christ. However, let me say this. This particular determination is not the same as how the world believes it to be or perceives it. We have to be very aware of that because we can take a character trait like determination or generosity or, or humility and actually understand it based on the world and miss the mark completely. Because we know this, we know a lot of children, a lot of adults who are determined in what they're doing. They're going to move forward no matter what, and they do have that character trait. But they're a bunch of jerks typically when it's known by the world. We're not to be jerks. We are to develop these traits through the grace and truth of Jesus who's with me. So, and we got to understand. Where are we going to put that energy? Where are we going to be determined? What is that about? And we're going to see that today so that we can get it into ourselves. We'll take the beam out of our own eye. And then as we grow up in the Lord with these different character traits, we then can grow up in a big person's world. So much today to be shared on this particular, not only lesson, but the character trait of determination. Now, Jesus employs... This trait of determination to develop, again, individuals and communities, and when I'm talking about communities, churches, family, uh, and communities that are committed to fulfilling God's great commandment and establishing His kingdom on this earth now. Make no mistake about it, Jesus' first coming came to establish God's kingdom. Too many Christians out there that want to think it's after this time. Now we have the first coming of Jesus. He came to establish His kingdom here on earth. Before His coming, that wasn't the reality. But now we have the kingdom of God that we get to choose to step into or out of at any time. In the sense of being in and out of God's will. And so we have to be determined, first and foremost, to fulfill God's great commandment. We're going to look at that today. Now, when an individual or a church 
lacks determination, it can have dire consequences resulting in pride, entitlement, and a lack of, this is a big one, compassion. A lack of compassion tells church leaders, tells people that you're, you're missing this determination to get great commandment. First and foremost, into your life, into your marriages, into your family, into the church, into the community, into all of the world. We have to have that determination. Or as Paul says, we will miss the mark. And we will stay in an immature position. Never to grow up in a big person's world. And when I say world here, I mean God. So it's so important that uh, we lean into this because first and foremost, we must have compassion, period. Even though many Christians may appear to be mature on the outside, let me say this, the absence or misunderstanding of this trait is a huge sign of immaturity. These individuals and organizations are like small children who must mature in a grown-up world. And that's God. Again, they may look like adults. There's a lot of Christians that look like adults. But they are small-minded and selfish, which harms the bigger picture of reality or God's truth. Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and the life. It harms it when we do not obey these teachings and develop these character traits of who we are, individually and We must all pay attention to uh, this teaching of deny yourself. And if we do, we will aim. We want to do that because we want to aim at a target. And what is the, the, the target we're aiming at? When we aim at deny yourself and make that a reality, what we do is we mature in our morality, we mature, mature, excuse me, mature emotionally, and more significant, we mature spiritually. Another way I can put that is we mature in our choices. That's morally speaking. We can have self-control when it comes to those impulses and our emotions. And then spiritually, we have self-control where we can control our feelings, our attitude, our, our thoughts, those spiritual things very few of us even get thought about when it comes to So it's so important that we get this into our life and allow it to be a target or an aim so that we can mature properly. We can become adults in the faith where we get to be big people. Are you with me? It's necessary to Comprehend and apply, uh, let's say, accurate determination in the Lord to become compassionate, to serve others well in a big person, in a big person's world again in the Lord. So with that, we're going to be reading uh, the teaching, and then we're going to go to Luke. Let's uh, read with me the teaching of deny yourself to understand determination, and then we'll go to Luke chapter ten to understand how to cultivate compassion in our fallen. So Matthew 16 is where this command resides. Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Uh, at the Sunday cool hour, we looked at this. We, we looked at it in, in the bigger picture of what it is. But right now, we're just going to see the command 
And then I want to bring you to Luke 10 to show you what this command in the sense of determination, uh, in the sense of God's great commandment, will develop and how you develop compassion to be the good Samaritan. That is man. And so here's the command. Then Jesus said to his disciples, raise your hand if you are a committed, engaged disciple of Jesus. Raise your hand. That's you. And this message is for you. And Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their, what's the next word? Cross. Now the cross represents problems. Yes? It represents challenges. It represents dark times. Now let me ask you this. Do we live in dark times, fallen times? Yes, we must take up our cross or own that because that's what an adult does. And once we own that, and we are at where we're at with Jesus' teachings, we then are going to navigate all of this reality through the teachings of Jesus that we find in the Gospels. Now let me say this here. Where are we at when it comes to Jesus' ministry? We're now at the 29th teaching of Jesus in the model that we use, and we use the model of the 49 teachings of Jesus. Now, you can go one way or the other, but we choose to use that because 7 times 70, or excuse me, 7 times 7 equals 49. And then the year of Jubilee is 50, we get a rest in the Lord. That's the reason I chose that particular model when it comes to the teaching. Because I've had people come to me, Doc, and say, you know, there's more than 49. I understand, but at least we have a model and we have focus at Elevating Life Church. Who's with me? So here we are, 29 commands or teachings into Jesus' ministry. Now, people are awake now. They're paying attention because, as I shared the last couple of weeks, Jesus is dropping the mic. He's doing all kinds of miracles. He's seeing people healed and saved and everything that that is. But where we're at now is Jesus is at a little community, uh, Caesarea Philippi. Now, Jesse and I were there just a couple months ago. We're literally standing uh, in the place where the disciples, uh, in Matthew 16 here, literally standing in the place where Jesus was talking to Peter and his disciples. Now, you need to understand something here. Uh, Caesarea Philippi. I'm trying to put a community that would be similar to what that was in Jesus' day. And I want to say Las Vegas, but that's, that's not giving it. I'm not giving it any credit. Because, come on, this was a community where the pagans and, and, and some of your most evil people had set up temples for their God. I mean, there was a, there, there's, a, there's a cave there. This was the cave, cave of Hades that Jesus talked to Peter and said, this is the gate to hell. And this is where they're at. But let me, let me share how radical this is. So there's this big building here with that cave. And it's, it's just praising all these evil gods. There's another uh, building right here in the middle, and, and they're doing all kinds of crazy witchcraft, pagan stuff, if you will. And over on the right here, if you, some of you are going to Israel. You'll be there next year. Just, I got kids. They're doing stuff with goats that they're like, really? We, we heard that story. I was like, ugh. 
But this was this kind of place. And Jesus brings his disciples to this command. Now, why is this such a significant command? Because this chapter here is what I call uh, a commencement speech to his disciples. What is a commencement speech? Some of us just experienced it at graduation. Is that it's the the final send-off. And that's what Jesus is doing with this particular command. It's a commencement speech to Peter and now the church. And so this is where we're at. Uh, and he he does say this. He's standing in the most wicked place on the planet at the time and says, This is where I want you to do ministry. Not behind door, doors. Not just in your little fellowship. He brings them here and goes, this is the gates of Haiti, and this is where we're going to establish the church. Read the scripture. Amazing how many Christians get into their cave, into their little fellowship, and they never grow up. That's exactly the point with this command. For whoever wants to let me just read it again. When Jesus said to his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. For whoever loses their life for me will find it. Everybody look at me. Jesus is saying this. You're not the center of the universe. Stop living like you're the center. And guess what he said? As God, in all of his glory and power, I'm the center. Get out of yourself. Out of your problems. Out of your self-gratification. And this is either true or false. Jesus is saying, I know your potential. I know what this is all about. Get out of the center of the universe. Step here and allow God to be the center so that you can then experience what true fulfillment is, what true happiness is, and what true success is in the Lord. Are you with me? You ever meet some, met somebody you met? What's the proper term there? Met me? I don't know. It's one of those words. Good thing I don't get embarrassed. You ever meet somebody, and they wouldn't say this, but just watch them, and they believe they're the center of the universe. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you never had a teenager. <laughs> but they never come out of it. They stay immature. They grow up, and everybody is living around them. They never grow up. And we're serving. Jesus is the center. We can understand that and apply this to our life. It's just not a few of us. This is all human beings. If they figure this out, we're going to understand what true goodness is all about. Because the good shepherd. So Jesus says, deny yourself. And it sounds like almost an oxymoron. It sounds counterintuitive. But I promise you, you that are and this is going to be pretty dramatic here. For you that are like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, or you know, that just sounds stupid because the world has told me to do this and that. Hey, I, you're immature. 
But for those who get this command, guess what? You're there. And if you don't know the difference, please, please come talk to me. Come talk to John. So that then you can understand what that is in a deep sense where you can truly live the life that you were designed to live through Jesus. When we can get there individually and collectively as a church, we're going to truly be the salt and the light of reality. With our command revealed, let me let's turn to quickly turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and you know the story. Again, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. I want to bring you here because now we're standing in an adult position. 29 commands into it. You're denying self. Uh, and, and what does this look like? What should this look like? Jesus gives us what it looks like to be a mature person in the faith, in life. And it's known as the Good Samaritan. So let me go through this quick so that we can have a picture of what that is, so that you can then apply it to your life and, and resolve some things, some problems, that will get you to a point where you are truly, uh, when you wake up in the morning, as Carrie shared, it is well with my soul. Now understand with the parable of the Good Samaritan, we are not just to know the story, but to be the story. Let me say this, a crucial lesson now. Crucial lesson to learn from this parable. Why? In the final words of this parable. So let's read it, and I'll share what that lesson is. Then we'll wrap things up. Examine that. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 27 reads this way. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up once again to test Jesus. Now, two weeks ago, we saw the Pharisees and the teachers test Jesus. Last week, we saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees test Jesus. Now we got the legal world, the court system, Deb, testing Jesus. This is a lawyer. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He says this, teacher. Now he shows him respect. He asked, what must I do to, et- uh, to inherit eternal life? First and foremost, you might be, want to be awake towards it. Let me say this about this legal guy. He is Jewish. He knows the law. He knows the moral law of God, that's known as the Ten Commandments. He knows the social laws of Israel. And he knows the ceremonial law. And if you read the first five books of Moses, there's 613 laws that this makes up. And this guy is an authority. He's an expert. He's standing up before Jesus and asks that question. Jesus says, what is written in the law, he replied. Or excuse me, the lawyer says, what is written in the law with his authority? He replied, how do you read it, Jesus? The answer, of course, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, 
with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and of course with all of your mind. And then he says this, and this is critical. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the great commandment. You have answered correctly. Then Jesus replied, do this and you will live. You will have eternal life. Now this is very abstract, but Jesus is going to give him the details. But he wanted to justify himself, so he, the lawyer, asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, if you understand this stretch, this is uh, one of the most wicked and dangerous roads you can travel. And it's been said in history. It's an 18-mile stretch. It's a pathway not too much wider than this path right here. It was not, but it was traveled by the priests and Levites and robbers were on there. Uh, people coming back and forth from Jericho. It was a main stretch, but it was a dangerous stretch. But it was very narrow, and on this side, uh, there's a cliff that goes down. Are you going there next year? I believe uh, we didn't get there, but next year, if you're going to Israel, you're going to experience this road. So a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, this is very soft compared to what happened when you read in the original language. They stripped him and molested him. It was brutal. Now, half dead now, a priest, a religious person, happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So understand, this is not very long. He saw the, the man. He literally had to pass by in witnessing that. Now, a priest, we can, in our church and day, it would be elder deacon, what we're going to see here. Jesus is implying something here about how wicked the church has become and is missing the mark in so many different areas. And when it comes to one big area of compassion, this is what Jesus is pointing to, and showing how wicked, let's take ownership, we have become, and we need to resolve this problem. But so here we have the priest passing by. Verse 32, so too a Levite. So uh, a Levite is somebody who worked in the church, worker, like uh, elder, deacon, right? Kind of parallel. Not exactly, but you get it. Uh, you can have employer, employee doesn't matter the role. There's, there's something to be said here with all of that. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan now, as he traveled, came where the man was. You need to pause here. Because we hear the parable of Good Samaritan, but I promise you to the priest and to the Levite, when Jesus used the word Samaritan. He couldn't have used a more vile character in their reality. Now, a Samaritan is what is known as a half-breed. What happened in the Old Testament, if you read your Bible, 
the Assyrians came and attacked Israel and took some of their women, connected with them, and had babies, Samaritans. The priest and Levite, he couldn't use a more vile character to those people. Now, we don't understand, because Good Samaritan to us now is somebody, you know, I'm like, hey, I want to be a Good Samaritan, but to them, you've got to understand how radical this character is in their reality. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. So this man was just traveling. He was minding his own business, robbers, took everything he had. He wasn't homeless. He wasn't in a condition that he chose to be in. That's the point. We've got to make sure we are having compassion on the right people. Or you too will become a victim if you don't understand that. And when he saw him, the Samaritan, he took pity and had compassion on him, depending on the translation. He went to him and, check this out, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his Harley Davidson donkey, brought him to the best western inn, and took care of him. He took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, and that's two days' wages. You can say maybe, uh, I think this would be saved, $150 to $200 is kind of a day's wage now. Two days, $400. And he says this, look after him, he said to the innkeeper. He said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now imagine what the Levite and priest Which of these now, Jesus says, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of the rock? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy, compassion, love on him. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine the frequent what? What in, in, in our culture, in our tradition, in our ways, in our preference, in our prejudice, what? He's your name. I want you to think about that in our reality. Because again, I don't want you just to know this story. I want you to be this story. Jesus told him, here's the lesson of parable. Go and do And I believe this parable answers so many questions for so many people. What is the answer I speak of? What am I talking about? Let me share something when I'm done. If you can understand what I'm talking about, and adults will understand this, those who are still immature, you're going to kind of struggle with it. All right. It, Jesus says, go and do likewise. But this is what I, I wrote down. We see that this man is traveling. He has problems of his own. He's going to an event. He has products, oils and, and wines, and he, he has his he's he has his agenda. But we see he drops all of that and he has problems just like you and I. But let me say this the best answer for any problem in your life, as you see 
with this, this parable. The best answer for any problem in your life is for you to be the answer to the problem in somebody else's life. That's what it means to deny yourself. Hear that. Let me say it again because this might be a good tattoo. Best answer for any problem in your life is for you to be the answer to the problem in somebody else's life. That's what it means to be a grown. And yes, we have problems ourselves, but we're navigating life now in the way that our beam is taken care of. Now we get to help the other person. And that's when we can truly live out that prayer that I pray so often. Lord, prepare me day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray that my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, just others. Let this might come out to be. Let me live for others that I might be more like. That's an adult. That's what it means to deny yourself. That's what it means uh, to be a person with compassion. You must go to them, others, and have compassion on them. With that, let me encourage you to go and do likewise. Starting where we began, Matthew 16, 24 through 25, says that Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses it for me will find it. Message. Grow up. Growing up in a big person's world. Amen?